Love is spiritual, not natural. You ever think about that? This is absolutely miraculous. With love, you get the results now. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to Deep Water. Today we're talking about when tragedy strikes. So um, I would ask you while you're sitting there, just close your eyes for like 10-15 seconds. And when you hear that phrase, when tragedy strikes, what events come up in your life? Uh, on average, uh, a person experiences something that rises to the level of tragedy five to 15 times on average during a lifetime. Uh, some people less, some people way more, depending on what they go through, their life circumstances, uh, etc. All right? But, but here, here's what's critical. Um, tra tragedy does one of three things, or sometimes it does all of these three. Um, but this is something for you to think about. If you're in tragedy or someone close to you is, and you're guaranteed you will experience tragedy in your life. No one is spared of this because death is considered a tragedy. All right? So if you haven't been through something like this yet, you will and guaranteed you know someone who has been and may need your help to get back up on their feet in life. But tragedy can do uh, one, two, or three of three things. Number one, it takes you down and um, you never come back up. And we see that a lot like uh, when a child dies, uh, the statistics say that when a child dies, <clears throat> the significant majority of the time the parents will end up getting a divorce. And at least one of them will end up with some degree of mental health diagnosis. Okay? So the first possibility is it takes you down. Second is it takes you down to the point that you hit bottom and then you're presented with a choice when you hit bottom. Either to stay down or to fight like heck, claw your way by your fingernails out of that hole and start again. Um, some people need to hit bottom before they can change their life. Uh, one of the two things I learned from my friend who was in the FBI for decades uh, that he said he got from those years in the FBI is everyone lies and people don't change. Well, hitting bottom is something that um, causes people to change at a much higher rate than just normal life. So sometimes that's a good thing to hit bottom. But when you do, that's when you're confronted with, okay, which way do I go? Do I just roll over into the fetal position and give up? Or do I start clawing my way out? Wonderful uh, psychological experiments were done um, to take a look at this and, and they used animals and I, I hate what they did because they, they 
They didn't harm the animals as far as killing them, but they inflicted pain. I don't think this would even be allowed today. But anyway, um, what they found is if they put a dog or an animal in a cage and um, they did a certain action and got a reward, which was food, that they would learn that reaction really quick and would do it over and over and over and over again, as long as the reaction was consistent and controllable. But when they made the reward uncontrollable, meaning sometimes they would um, get a treat for doing it and sometimes they wouldn't, the animal would become frustrated and, and, um, and sometimes angry, growl, bark, whatever. Uh, sometimes they would sort of lay down and give up. Sometimes they would uh, try something different. It, it, it was kind of confusion. And then when they made it where no matter what the animal did, they did not get the reward, the animal just laid down on the cage and was shocked over and over and over and over and didn't even try to move. They'd given up. Okay? So, number one, it takes you down. Number two, you hit bottom, but now you have a choice to come back up or stay down. And number three, if you choose to to claw your way out from hitting bottom, or if you've not hit bottom, but you are willing to go through the pain of change that most people aren't willing, the third possibility is transformation. Meaning that your life can be far superior than it ever was before. This thing has shocked you into change. Okay? Um, as far as uh, shock, okay, with tragedy comes shock. You, you've heard the phrase shock, right? Uh, you've probably seen it in a movie where there's a car accident and a person who's in the car accident is sitting on the side of the road and the paramedics get here and they, and they try to talk to the person who's sitting on the road that was in the accident and the person can't hardly even talk. And, and the paramedicals say, okay, listen to me. My name is Alex. You've been in a car accident. What is your name? And then they may be unresponsive. And then they'll clap their hands. And then they'll wait. Is your name John? John, you've been in a car accident. My name is Alex. You are okay. We are going to take care of you. Okay? That's shock. And, and there's, I believe, physical shock mental shock, and spiritual shock. All three. Now, um, some symptoms of tragedy and shock. Um, cold, sweaty hands and skin. Uh, pale skin, gray skin. These are things to look for in yourself or others. Because you can be in shock for an extended period of time. E even years, a mild form, I believe. Uh, weak rapid pulse, irritability, thirst, irregular breathing. That's one of the big ones. Okay. Uh, so, so if you're in shock or someone you know is, try to get them breathing deeply from their diaphragm. And sometimes that's the, the number one best thing they can start to focus on is just taking slow, deep breaths. Okay. 
Uh, let's go on. Dizziness, sweating all over your body, fatigue, being tired all the time, dilated pupils, dull eyes that look glazed over, anxiety, confusion, uh, at, your appetite is messed up. Usually you don't want anything to eat, but occasionally you may want to eat everything. Uh, reduced urine output. And if untreated, get this, if untreated, someone who's in shock and it's untreated, it tends to be fatal. Okay? So that's sort of physical shock, but again, we have emotional, mental shock, and we also have, I believe, spiritual shock. And you can be in any one of those or all three. Um, one time, uh, I got a few speeding tickets in my younger years. And one time, I elected to go to traffic school instead of the speeding ticket being on my record. And I was so glad I did. The, um, the state trooper who was teaching the class was absolutely brilliant. I don't know if he'd ever had a uh, psych class in his life, but he was absolutely brilliant. And here's basically what he said, kind of boiled down to a nutshell. He said, if you are following someone in good driving conditions, meaning it's dry and, and not freezing cold, no snow, good, good conditions. If you're going the speed limit, driving in good conditions, not too close to the car in front of you, but behind the car in front of you, and a squirrel runs in front of the car in front of you, here's what he said. You cannot think fast enough to avoid an accident. It's impossible. If it were up to your conscious mind, you would run into the back of that car in front of you every single time. And he was talking about a certain number of feet, but it was a, a number of feet that's considered far enough back. Okay? But you would still get in a wreck every time. And then he said, but fortunately, you've got a mechanism, you've got a program built into you when something like that happens, when the light from those um, taillights comes into your eyes and your eyes see the front of that car go down like that and the back rise up like that, your unconscious mind interprets that in a millisecond sends a message down the, the right side of your body to your right foot, right leg, to the right foot, and causes you, commands you, to take your foot off the gas and put it on the brakes hard. Well, that sounds normal, right? Except for this. It does all of that before you ever think, take my foot off the gas and put it on the brake. By the time you think that, you've already stopped the car. And, and the state trooper was saying, and your body and mind will do that every single time and you will not get in an accident every single time. And it's built in. And what the unconscious mind does when it senses danger or tragedy, in this case we're talking about today, it turns your conscious mind off or sometimes down, down or off, okay? And takes over. 
and just starts mandating this and that, which are some of the things that we uh, discuss. Cold, sweaty hands, pale gray skin, irregular heartbeat, weak rapid pulse, your breathing is off, uh, confusion, anxiety, etc. Okay? That's what that's what the unconscious mind mandates. Why? Because this is an emergency and the only thing that matters is me not dying. So my unconscious doesn't care in this situation that I have anxiety. It doesn't care that I'm confused. It doesn't care about the irregular breathing. All it cares about is sit me down on the side of the road in a place that's safe or get home and go to my room and huddle up in the recliner or if in the, you're in the bottom of that pit we talked about at the first, just roll over into the fetal position. Just don't do anything that might get us killed in this. We, almost, we could have just almost bit the dust. Alright? So shut down everything except just kind of stay where you are and stay alive. But the problem is we're actually in that life-threatening tragedy once a year, once every three years, once every five years, something like that. Okay? And then we're supposed to, to grieve, to have negative emotions and negative feelings and not try to war against those, but just sort of go with the flow, understanding we're dealing with tragedy and shock here, and then slowly come out of it in six months or less, depending on the degree of the tragedy. Uh, for some people it could be a day, for some six months, but pretty much any tragedy, we're supposed to come out of that in six months or less. It's called psychological adaptation and that's another program we have running in us to help take care of us and make sure we bounce back from any tragedy, any shock. Okay? There's uh, four levels of shock. Um, the first level is called initial and that is where primarily your cardio system is greatly increased. You're, it puts you in fight or flight, but really beyond fight or flight to shock, alright? Number two is called compensatory, and that's where your body tries to normalize blood pressure, it tries to achieve homeostasis, uh, it tries to create tissue perfusion, which is a fancy way to say uh, increase oxygen in every cell in your body and especially your heart and brain because you're probably in oxygen deprivation from the weird breathing and the, and the fight or flight. Alright, so number two is trying to compensate, okay, and get you back stable. Number three is progressive. The third step is progressive, which means your body was not able to compensate. Now things are getting reversed. Stage four is irreversible. And you're down for the count and chances are nothing's going to bring you back. Well, first of all, I don't believe that. I believe anyone who's gone through tragedy and shock and gotten to stage four to irreversible, it can still be reversed. It's just harder and takes different tools. Okay? And I've worked with a number of those people and seen them come back. 
And not just come back, but come back to a transformed life. Not just same old, same old before the shock. All right? Uh, three problems with in dealing with shock. The first one is whenever tragedy and shock hit, and I may have seen one or two exceptions to this, but it's, it's the 99% rule, all right? Number one is the people were unprepared. And I'm not sure there's a way you can prepare. I think what you're watching right now, and if you do some of the um, uh, tools we have, Trilogy, Memory Engineering, Rapid Eye Stress Release, the Spiritual Laws of Nature, etc., I think, I think that will help prepare you and, and also help you bounce back faster. But to be honest, when some of these things happen, you can't be prepared. Uh, my mom died when I was 28 years old. She was 69. And she died of liver cancer. And um, way too young in her life to die. In fact, the doctor said she'd been having severe pain for a year before she ever went in. And the doctor said if she'd come in when she started having severe pain, she never would have died. But anyway, man, I thought I was so ready for her death. Even though, um, even though it's the last thing in the world I wanted, I was way closer to her than my father. She was kind of the rock in my life that was always there. Um, so I was devastated that she was dying, but I honestly thought, I'm prepared, okay? Uh, I had talked with her about everything in our life. I'd, I'd apologized to her, asked for her forgiveness. She had done the same with me. Uh, we had said everything we need to say. Um, it, it was really beautiful uh, all the weeks leading up to her death. So I really believed when she breathed her last, I was going to be really upset and bummed, but I would be okay. All right? When she breathed her last, I felt something that I was totally unprepared for, had never felt in my life, and, and I just started running. I ran out of the room. I ran out the front door. There was snow all over the, the ground. Um, I started running in the snow and screaming. I fell down. After I fell down, I started beating on the ground. I was screaming and crying, and I felt like I was about to explode. I mean, it was, um, it was scary, and, and I experienced all that stuff. The cold, sweaty hands, dull eyes, anxiety, confusion, irregular, uh, all of it, okay? So the first thing is almost everyone is unprepared when it hits, so hopefully this will be a little bit of education to help prepare you. But here's what you need to know. When you feel unprepared like I did, that's normal. Everybody feels that way. I, I'm not sure there's any great way to be prepared. Number two is your feelings and emotions. That's the second thing of the three that... Um, are critical factors when dealing with tragedy and shock. Everyone, tell, you've all heard the thing. After a, a tragedy or shock, don't make any big decisions for a while. Okay? It's great advice. But I would also say, if you feel that anxiety, if you feel um, 
anger, if you feel whatever, don't be hard on yourself. It's, it's absolutely normal. And just sort of go with that for a little while. Now, it, if it starts getting um, six months, eight months, ten months, a year, then you need to take some active steps to, to work with those emotions and feelings because you're getting close to getting stuck at the bottom and just laying over in the fetal position. Okay? But any and every feeling you could ever have in tragedy and shock w would be in the normal range. So don't be hard on yourself. But uh, I, I would try to do some things. Stick to your schedule as much as you can before the tragedy. Uh, focus on br deep breathing all day, every day from your stomach and diaphragm. A really wonderful kind of breathing is 6 9 12. Take a breath in for six seconds, hold it for nine seconds, and then let it out over 12 seconds. That activates your vagus nerve, and when your vagus nerve is activated, it turns on your uh, parasympathetic nervous system, which is your everything's okay, go to peace system. Okay? Um, drink lots of water, try to eat healthy. Um, do everything you can to get a little extra sleep and find somebody who can be your sounding board that is a positive, healthy person that can give you good, positive feedback, support, help, whatever. Don't go to someone just because they're a good friend if they're not capable of that, if they're an extremely negative person or something. Find a, find, find a good person who has some resources to help you themselves. You've heard the whole thing, how can one drowning man help another drowning man? So find someone who's not drowning to help pull you out. The third one, uh, critical factor. Number one, you're unprepared. Number two, your feelings and emotions. Number three, and you almost always get to this, is a belief that the system is unfair. How come I'm having to go through this when they're not. Okay? And that unfairness can take you, if you let it, to hatred, rage, um, either to just laying down and shutting down or becoming an extremely negative, even harmful to other people around, even if it's not physically harmful, emotionally harmful. Okay? Um, and of course, the system is not fair. It's not made to be fair. It's not intended to be fair. It's not fair. It is not fair to anyone. So yes, you're right, but it's not fair to everybody. All right? And the people who are not having to deal with this now, they've either already had theirs or they will, and probably several more, as you may have another one too. Okay? So, you have to get by that unfairness thing and realize it's not fair for anybody and that the point is to let this transform you to a higher place in your life because you embraced, you went through the pain rather than being afraid of it and either attacking it in anger, running away from it in fear, or just laying over giving up, and um, that's it. Um, 
So when tragedy hits, um, I hope this helps inform you a little bit what's going on and that this can either take you down in life or it can take you up in life if you deal with the right thing, if you deal with it the right way. And even if your tragedy or shock was 20 years ago, I believe starting today, you can start climbing out of that hole and it lead to your transformation instead of your destruction. So um, it's something to absolutely be taken seriously. Remember, untreated shock is typically fatal. And, and I agree with that. Now, they're mainly talking about the physical side of shock, but I believe the mental, emotional, if untreated, is fatal, and the spiritual, if untreated, is fatal. Because if we just let those things do what they naturally do, it will tend to take us down, not up. So, um, I hope this helps and deal with tragedy and shock the right way. And it can be the gift that took you up several levels in your life to a better life. Deal with it the wrong way and it can take you down. Have a wonderful, blessed day.